Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. We come back to the science of marginal gains and how it can help athletes get gold. When it comes to another Olympics, scientists and engineers are busy working hard to help give their athletes an edge, even if it might just be a fraction of a second. So what does it take to help a winter athlete succeed at the Winter Olympics? We look at some of the success and failures that have happened in the past. The Winter Olympics at Pyeongchang in 2018 have been a spectacle to behold. Not only have the athletes all contributed amazing performances, but they've done so in often incredibly cold conditions. And one of the interesting aspects of the Olympic Games, or any major sporting event, is seeing all the attire that the athletes are wearing. Whether that be the incredibly oiled up, chiseled physique of Tongan athlete Peter Taufatofua in the opening ceremony, who walked out wearing traditional Tongan attire and oiling himself up, which mean, and exposing his glorious chiseled body, just as he did at the Summer Olympics, except he did it in minus 10 degrees which felt like, thanks to windchill, minus 35. But other athletes are wearing a bit more reasonable Winter Olympic attire. And generally, what these athletes wear actually can have and contribute to their performance on and off the track. Now, many studies have shown over time that if a human muscle is cooled, even just by one degree, it can lose about two to 5% of its performance. Look, a lot of different things are affected when muscles cool down. One of them is how long a muscle takes to respond. Another one is how long it takes to generate peak tension in its expansion and contraction, and then also how long it takes to relax. When you're cold, what happens is that this disrupts the pulse, that pulse cycle, and means it's very much a slower process in responding to what you want it to do. And what that equates to, for example, in vertical jump height, about a 10 to 20% loss. And in terms of your peak power output, about a 25% loss as well. It also impacts any landings that you do. For example, if you're a ski jumper, an ice skater, or any other type of Winter Olympics event where you're landing in some way, muscles and joints become a lot stiffer when it's colder, which means the force absorbed from that impact and landing uh, gets absorbed by the body's trunk rather than being cushioned by your lower limbs. So this means the colder it is, the worse your performance can be away from your peak level of performance. So how do you fight this? Well, in general, what you'd wear is a series of layers, and these layers are actually quite useful. You often have a next-to-skin garment, a mid-layer that then provides insulation, and then an outer layer that protects you from wind and water. Now, the reason why you wear a next-to-skin layer is to actually keep your muscles warmed up and to keep the skin temperature consistent so hopefully when you go outside or you go to perform your event there's not too much of a degradation in your temperature and in fact actually most athletes are using warming cuffs or pads which they just then strip off just before they're going out to the event so they're heating up and then that mid layer is maintaining the insulation trapping the heat in that skin layer next to skin layer to keep that heat for as long as possible And in short events, you can get away with it because you're only on the track for about 40 seconds to maybe a minute. But for a longer event, well, you don't have that much of a chance to retain all that heat.
Now, this is not just a Winter Olympics thing. You may recall, and we've spoken about several times on this podcast as well, the science of marginal gains. And this has been really championed by researchers out of the UK, particularly around their Olympics efforts in London 2012. A group of scientists from a number of different institutes formed what they called the Secret Squirrel Club, which later went on to be called Room X. It's gone by a number of names, but basically it's a collection of physicists, scientists, and materials engineers. They're trying to work together to find ways to get just slight, subtle performance improvements in each of their events. If you can shave off a millisecond here or there, well, that might just be the winning edge that you need to beat and edge out your rivals. In London 2012, they caused quite a stir with their hot pants for their cycling team which was touted as being one of the reasons why the London Olympics in 2012, the English or Great Britain cycling team, managed to win a truckload of medals. Uh, And they attributed this to the science of marginal gains led by their their team, which was trying to help them shave off microseconds here and there. And one of the things they did was a series of warming pants, hot pants, quite literally, that they wore just before the event. And exactly what we're talking about, the same in the Winter Olympics, where you want to maintain your body temperature to improve muscle performance, they were doing that for the cyclists in the Summer Olympics, with the idea that if you can keep the muscles warm and hot just before the race starts and take away those hot warming pads, then you're at peak condition. In the sprint events, where you don't have time to warm up the muscles during the race, this was seen as being incredibly useful. Yes, it didn't necessarily break world records and shave seconds off times, but it saved milliseconds. And that's the idea. When one thing could go one way or the other, and you're looking for what separates the wick from the chaff being just a fraction of a hair or the inch of a toe boot in the case of speed skating, or maybe your ability to stand up for longer, any little improvement that you can get is greatly sought after. Now, another set of activities that also requires really streamlined attire is anything where you're trying to reduce air resistance. Now, sometimes air resistance can be incredibly useful. You'll note the front of a bobsled, much in the same way as an F1 car, is actually trying to shape the airflow over it to force the front down. Because in skiing, in snowboarding, in bobsledding, you name it, the longer you can maintain surface contact with the ground, the better your performance will be. Anytime the wind or your just movement speed can lift up the front edge, it decreases your traction with the ground, which decreases your speed. Those big jumps you see in aerial and downhill skiing or slope style are amazingly impressive to watch, especially when they do flips and spins. But it also limits the amount of speed they're able to generate going downhill. That's why an event like Moguls is so difficult. It's all about maintaining your contact with the ground. And in the same way as you're trying to increase contact with the ground, you're also trying to decrease friction or wind resistance in the air. You don't want to be burning up all that extra speed you've managed to sneak out by hugging the ground by losing it to air resistance. And that's where some pretty incredible attire being developed by a group or a company called Total Sim out of Northampton and together with the English Institute of Sport. And as I mentioned before, this Room X crowd, which is a collection of scientists and engineers, have developed a new outfit for Team GB, Team Great Britain's Skeleton and Luge teams. Now, if you're not familiar with Skeleton and Luge, basically, 
Luge is on a single sled going down a big curving ice course, and Skeleton is doing exactly the same thing, but head first. There's no real bob sled, like there is in other events, getting in the way, which you can engineer and design. It's your body. So they wear incredibly streamlined helmets and incredibly tight-fitting suits. And those suits, just like the hot pants of the cycling event, have been precisely engineered for their riders and wearers. So Team Great Britain uh, have a couple of competitors in different events from Skeleton and Luge. And these competitors are wearing the next evolution of what they call a skin-tight outfit, which has been used not only in Luge and Skeleton, but also in cycling and other events in the summer as well. And what they're doing here is they're fighting drag and air resistance. If you think about all the drag force acting on a a luge or a skeleton going downhill, only about 10% of that actually comes from the sled that they're riding on, which means the rest of it is from the body. And okay, you can make most of your gains by just getting them to wear skin-tight clothing, but any small bump or ridge where it's not exactly hugging the curves and folds of a person's body can increase air resistance. And that's where this new piece of clothing which has been very finely and tightly engineered for these riders on an individual level, has given Team GB a very much an edge. They think around a one-second gain. Now, we'll, we'll wait and see whether or not it relates to a medal increase. But overall, the signs are very positive, at least in a time perspective, of improving performance of a 12th-ranked athlete to maybe even posting fastest times by about a second ahead of other athletes. Now, how they're made is they're made out of an elastic material called polyurethane. And polyurethane is used everywhere in a variety of different formulations. But what they've had is a series of drag-resistant ridges, which definitely helps reduce any amount of drag seen by the airflow over the body. But they've also used 3D scanning. And they've scanned the body of the athlete, and then they actually scan them with the suit on as well. And they can make really subtle changes to the athlete's shape. Not only is it really tightly fitting, incredibly tightly fitting, like a glove, it is also engineered to help give them a slight edge by having some really subtle shaping. This is not new. Aerospace engineers have done this for years, for everything from jumbo jets all the way down to F1 cars. But applying it into clothing is a whole other level of precision engineering that's really only been possible with advances in technology. Now, what these little ridges do is they introduce a thin layer of air surrounding the athlete, which is called the boundary layer. And basically, if that boundary layer, that little pocket of air just above or around the athlete, is really turbulent, you get more friction. Now, that extra friction seems like it would be a bad thing, but it actually means that the air is less likely to separate and cause a little area of low pressure when it moves over any dip or crevice in the material, which where it's lifted up from the body. So the overall effect of having these more bumps and ridges is to make the boundary lay around them more turbulent, but the overall net effect is actually a much more smoother ride because there's no pockets of low pressure or slow moving air. Now, all of this is pretty amazing science and highly, highly precision engineered. To get maybe, if you're being very generous, a 5% reduction in pressure or drag. Now, that seems like not a lot, but... Last Olympics, the medalists only won by 0.02 of a second. 
it's incredibly tight in these events. So marginal gains are really, really effective. And that's why Team GB has invested so heavily in them. Now, you may ask, why isn't everybody else doing this then? And that is always an important question. We've seen it in Australia with the swim seat, the shark suits that people like Ian Thorpe used to wear. Now, these were then ruled illegal and had to be modified because they were providing too much of an unfair competitive advantage. But for now, these suits are ruled legal in the Winter Olympics, which of course causes some consternation to other athletes. But the principle is relatively sane. If you can make a well-fitting outfit with that has some bumps and ridges well they can't really rule against it as long as it passes the very strict codes of requirements for equipment to be worn in an event so is it cheating well technology has always been about providing that small edge but when it comes to elite performance of elite athletes where fractions of a second are all that separates gold and silver then that might make more of a difference than it would say in a long distance race or a game of soccer so certainly officials are looking at it with some concern, but it shows the power of science to have marginal gains on performance. And those marginal gains just might be what tips you over from first to second or from second to first. So this is some great work being done out of the ever powerful group of research scientists, the Secret Squirrel Club or Room X or whatever they want to go by now in all part of Team GB, Team Great Britain's and elite level sport programs out of the UK. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This week, we found out about Team GB's latest efforts to try and get more gold medals using the science of marginal gains to scrape off fractions of a second. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.